you have a love for them and God says now let that love grow can love grow? the immediate answer is yes for many of us because we are usually thinking in terms of those that we live with perhaps interact with and uh, there's a mutual covenant of friendship of some sort yes I like this person I love this person I want to be with this person talk with this person your spouse your children your friends is it possible for that love to grow if we haven't shown love wholeheartedly and self-sacrificially we'd have to admit I could love more like Jesus there could be room for growth but now when we think about the totality of the Christian walk God is ever calling us higher closer to Him the love that God has shown us has no height, depth, breadth, width it's eternal love now we've been brought into this vast ocean of God's love and he says swim deeper what is this love? in Ephesians 5 we see that God calls us to follow him and the Greek word actually literally means imitate God is saying copy me you see me? God himself the Father is saying watch me now my child who I love so much copy me Ephesians 5.1 therefore be imitators of God as well beloved children and walk in love imitate the love I see in God walk that way as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us in offering a sacrifice to God a sweet fragrance we read these two verses it reminds us of Philippians 2 the depth to which the Lord emptied himself why? it wasn't an obligation to pass some test on his part as we see some of the princes of the earth they have to undergo some training and they have to prove themselves they have to go through some wilderness training or some combat training they have to prove themselves some of them have to go and literally go into the jungle and learn how to survive such as the current uh, at least nominal power prince the oldest prince there in England you can recall back in the 80's that he was talking about how he had to go and hunt in the wilderness and do some things that were worthy of his princely title after all it's a nominal position there's no real power he doesn't really run the government and yet they go through these things why? because they want to prove their worth but with Jesus there's nothing to prove he is in and of himself almighty God but he did it for love out of love for us it's a deep love it's a love so deep that we can hardly comprehend it it's so big and what does God say? He says I want you to imitate that love how can we imitate a love that we can hardly fathom? by faith by saying Lord you told me to copy you I'm all surrendered to do it work in me Lord work in me till all is seen as Jesus something wonderful to aspire to something that God wants to change us and through the trials and tribulations on the part of those of our loved ones our brothers and sisters our family who are suffering they get to see the power and love of God and the nearness of God in an otherwise lonely path of the cross those who are standing up for righteousness and going through pain especially and even those who perhaps are not thinking about righteousness but they're still born again and they're not uh, suffering necessarily for righteousness sake but it's 
an affliction from the devil nonetheless to stop them from going forward. God's love comes to them too. To every child of God, God's love comes just when we're feeling lonely, exasperated, completely wiped out, and those who are in tremendous pain and affliction, living God who went through all the pain, is there for us. In those who are interceding, bearing the pain of watching, sometimes wishing, I wish it were me and not them, God comes to us too. Because sometimes we feel wiped out, exhausted. How many times will it happen in a day? How many days will it happen in a row at the same time in the middle of the night? Lord, just when we thought things were getting better and the Lord's love is still coming through to revive us, renew our strength to pray, to fight the battle, knowing that Jesus never fails. God cannot lose. He is victorious. And where his children, he will defend his children. Sometimes the pain is great and the delay may be there from our eyes, our standpoint. The Lord is never late. He's always on time. It's up to us to hold fast to his word. Joseph is written that the word of the Lord tried him. They heard his hands and his feet with fetters, with these iron chains and painful tools of enslavement in the prison. He was in pain in many ways, emotionally, physically. But the word of the Lord tried him. He refused, like Job, like Daniel, to give up his integrity and trust in God. He fought. He's in the hall of faith. They fought. God had no doubt Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego praying for Daniel. We have an army praying. We have the host of heaven dispatched by God to help us. We have the high priest, the Lord Jesus himself interceding for us We've got to hold on, we've got to believe, we've got to say, Lord, your love is still there. Your love is what made you come down and go through the worst pain for me when I didn't deserve it. He is the propitiation or appeasement of God's wrath, not only for us, but for the whole world, the Apostle John says, by the Spirit of God. He died for the whole world when it was fully in darkness, engrossed in sin. He's seen us at our worst. And he said, I love you. Still, I'm going to die for you. The Bible says if God didn't spare his only son, but gave him up freely, how will he not with him also give us all things? Surely includes healing. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Therefore, be imitators of God. Copy Him, follow His example. As well, beloved children, imitate their Father. You purified your hearts by obeying God through the Spirit with unpretentious or fake love for the brothers. You have real love. Now, love fervently. Let that thing bubble and flow out. Continue to fight because you love your brother and your sister that they will be released from pain, feel their pain. The book of Hebrews says, remember those in bonds as if you're in bonds with them. Those who are suffering affliction and imprisonment, imprisonment also in their own homes, having pain. That offering that Jesus made of himself went as a sweet aroma of fragrance to God. God took it and we benefited. Our prayers go up like incense. Do we believe it? The Bible has so much to say about how God sees us in His love and how He receives our prayers and He does move when we pray in faith. And we have to remember God's love is supreme. 
he loves even more than we do. And he asks us to enter into his love, to love like him. When we love like God, there's one thing for sure, so clear, there will be self-sacrifice. That's why the Lord looked at the people who were giving to the treasury in the temple and he said, all the people who are rich and well-to-do giving their offerings, there's one person that outdid them all. Jesus was watching from the side over there, called attention to his disciples, or called attention to the widow, the two mites, and told his disciples, I tell you the truth, she's put in more than all of them. They gave out of their abundance. She gave out of her lack. We see the kind of offering God accepts, the kind of prayer. It's the kind of prayer that comes through travail. Many of you have entered into that. Glory be to God. And the Lord says, come closer. Let me pour my spirit upon you to lift you to another level. The way my son prayed. Through strong crying, tears he was heard, it says, about the Son of God. He was heard. The Apostle Paul said to the Ephesians before he parted from them, he said, day and night with tears, I gave you the word of God. There's a pouring out of the heart. It's easy to say a prayer, even a prayer that is a little bit emotional emotional and sentimental and those prayers that are sincere God says I, I want to pull you deeper because I'm going to do something through your prayers hallelujah the apostle himself says through your prayers to the people he's writing to the great apostle he said through your prayers I shall be delivered through your prayers I shall come to you pray for us that we may have an open door this power in the prayer of not just anyone who calls themselves Christians, but the righteous people. The people who have made up their mind that I'm following Jesus. His word is my command. I love him. I delight myself in everything he told me to do. Now, my prayers have power with God. God is raising an army. He's raising up an army of prayer warriors. And we're doing battle with results. Hallelujah. With results. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If Jacob was called a prince with God, Israel, he wrestled with God at Peniel. He saw the face of God, he said. He prevailed. He prevailed. The Lord blessed him there. He answered him. He said, I'm not letting you go, Lord, unless you bless me. God says, so be it. He blessed. The Canaanite woman said, Lord, even the dogs, little dogs, eat the crumbs from the children's table. You have something for me, Lord? I'm not leaving until I get it from you. Jesus said, woman, great is your faith. For that saying, go your way, your daughter's healed. She's delivered. Perseverance in prayer. We're encouraged this morning to continue. Continue. We will see. We will see. God's mighty hand come through. Not one of our prayers will fall to the ground. It's written about the prophet Samuel, and some translators mistranslate it, some preachers mispreach it, unfortunately. But it's written in the beginning of the book of Samuel, 1 Samuel. As the child grew, as the Lord was revealed to him, even as a child, he just implicitly kept obeying and obeying, obeying, built a relationship with God, close fellowship with God, God was well pleased with the child that he grew to be a prophet and God recorded that God let none of his words, Samuel's words, fall to the ground because he became a mouthpiece for the Lord. Samuel's prayers had power. God is leading us into authentic discipleship, authentic servanthood, authentic Christianity. God is saying, I have I have my utmost for you. I have a schedule for you. I have gifts to distribute to you. I have divine power and energy to impart to you that you can fight, pray through and win. 
But are you willing to be trained by me? Are you available? Many people think being available is being available to get on a plane to go somewhere. God says, no, right where you are, are you available for me to deal with you? To help you slay the flesh so you can walk in the Spirit, walk in real love, be just like Jesus. God is willing to take us, to train us, as the army may have basic training for a few months. Many athletes have to go through certain training for some months. There's a preparatory period. But the one who says, I'll come to spring training, but I'll only come a couple of days a week. What will the coach, what will the team, what will the sponsors and all the people, organization, think of that individual? What will the army think of an individual who comes and says, I'll show up for basic training, but only on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Tuesdays and Thursdays, I have something to do. In the book of Malachi, God says, you wouldn't do to, to, to your father what you do to me. You wouldn't do to the governor what you do to me. He says, I'm contending with you, Israel. You treat me so cheap. And you're starving spiritually because of that. You're dying. You're languishing. It's not my will for you to do that. I love you. That's why I'm coming to you saying, shape up. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous, therefore, and repent, the Lord said in the book of Revelation. God calls us out of His love. Because He loves us, He says, I have things to give you the instruction, the food, that will make you into a fine soldier in my army. You've got to eat three square meals a day. Are you ready? Heaven's manna. Or would you opt to getting some diluted version somewhere, a little bit of junk food, a lot of free time to do what you want, and then wonder why you're not having the power of God that you are supposed to. God is calling us to put everything down and say, Lord, I'm going to be that Mary at your feet. I'm not getting up. I don't care what is pressing, quote-unquote. That tyranny of the urgent is not going to get the better of me anymore the best of me anymore. Your word is what I live for. I will be a fool for Christ. Even among my fellow Christians, quote-unquote, who think, you can't be reading the Bible so many hours. You can't be praying so many hours. You have to relax. You have to unwind. You have to get a little diversion. Why don't you dip yourself in some of the world, you know, get away. You don't want to be too religious. That's the voice of the devil. You have to say, get behind me, Satan. My God is calling me closer to him. He's calling me to spend more time in prayer. He's calling me to get to a prayer life that is full of power, where God sees me as righteous because I'm committed to doing everything his way. God will say, now, I found my Elijah. A man of like passions, just like us, the Apostle James writes. But what a mighty man of power. At his word, when he prayed for three and a half years, no rain. Then when he prayed again, rain came. The Holy Spirit is speaking to us, saying, I can make you something more than what you thought your Christian circles were telling you, was telling you. More than just calling out names and characters from the Bible and making programs and regiments and broadcasting what we're going to do and a movement and a camaraderie and let's get a club going. and No. Getting alone with my father as Elijah put his head between his knees. God answered seven times. A little cloud like a man's hand. Mighty outpouring came after that. We need to be careful that we don't live according to the times in which we live. We need to receive God's wake-up call. He's giving it. He's giving it loud and clear. And many of you have woken up and said, Lord, there's no time to waste, not one second to waste. First and foremost, before I evangelize the world or do something great for other people in God's name, 
I've got to let God do something great in me. I've got to be transformed. You want to be an Elijah? You want to be a Deborah? Why not? Does God play favorites? Does he say, I only have about seven of these, you know, that I'm making this year. I have a quota, you know. I can't have too many Elijahs and too many Deborahs and too many Pauls. First come, first serve basis and it's too late, 10 o'clock, it's over. You have to wait till next year. Hopefully you can become one of those if you wait. If God goes to an obstinate Israel, steeped in idolatry, he says all day long, early in the morning rising, he said, I came to you through my prophets because I love you, saying, come back to me. Come back, leave all of that stuff in the world. Come to me. I'm your life. My commandment is life to you. How much more for you and I who are his beloved children, bought by the precious blood of the Lamb. Surely he's calling us early in the morning, saying, I'm holding my hands out to you. Come. Come in my embrace. I want to hold you so tightly and so snugly that you can hear my heartbeat and never get out of my comfort and my love. It's possible for believers to go in and out because God gives us that free will, but the grief of the Lord is there. He's calling some of us, at least this morning, to say, cut the cords. Cut the cords. Will you be a fool for Christ? Will you spend your time with prudence, circumspectly, knowing that the days are evil, redeeming the time? What does it mean? Every second for my Jesus, He gave me breath. He gave me life. I belong to Him. What? Don't you know that you're bought with a price? Therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which belong to God after all. In His love, we love others, especially the household of faith, fervently. And we say, Lord, honestly, Lord, if you would take the temperature of my love, if you can take a barometer, Lord, if you can take an instrument to gauge just how real my love is, oh God, I can tell you there's room to grow for me. Won't you pour on your love by the Holy Spirit? I want to love like you love, Lord. I won't take anything less. And I know you don't want to give me anything less. So I abandon all of the other kinds of love I've sported as a believer. Which means self-sacrifice. If God should tell me, you need to not sleep today, but pray through the night. Oh, Father, may I be the type of person that would delight myself in you that I'm privileged to be called by God? Would he wake me up? Would he give me such a privilege to be one of his soldiers, to pray through the night for others? Oh, I'm taking that. If someone gets drafted in the army, if they love their country and they believe in what is being done, they're not going to complain, oh, now I can't go do my hobby. I have to go to basic training. They're going to deploy me. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't believe in anything. No, the one that knows the cause and loves the nation will say, sign me up. I don't care what I give up. You can cut my hair. You can train me to say this and that and wake me up anytime. I'm ready. Train me. I want to go and defend my country. God is looking for such soldiers. Anytime the Lord calls us to pray, to say, my God, yes, yes, we are human. God knows that. We are frail. Oh, we're so frail in and of ourselves. We're so frail. And nothing like a trial that is so painful that can show us how frail we are. That is the pure grace of God that's carrying us through. When we latch on to that truth. We say, Lord, through you, I can do all things. Oh Lord, make me a warrior. A real warrior for you. Lord, a warrior that can discern the booby traps of the enemy. A warrior that can detect the, the uh, decoys. 
the warrior that can detect the enemy that is coming so cleverly dressed up as one of my own company. Give me the discernment, the alertness, Lord. I want, Lord, to be safe from danger. I want that alertness to know what is the pure word of God that's coming to me. I want to go right to where you want me to go with no delay. Lord, if, if I get into your boat and you say, let's go to the other side, I know we're going to the other side, regardless of what storm comes. But Lord, I want to be one of those who will be ready to get in the boat, not look back. I don't want to be among the 5,000 men and perhaps 12,000 total of people who came and got the bread and fish and then they turned their backs on you because you told them to lay down everything and follow you. They said, who can do this? We came here for the bread and fish. We'll follow you if you do miracles for us, but to lay down our lives, to partake of you, they all left. I want to be among the sheep, not the goats. And Lord, enlist me in your army that I'm available to go to battle by your strength, by your grace, anytime, day or night. It's a training, beloved. Many of you know exactly what is being preached this morning. You've been there, you've done that. And you're continuing to see an expansion in your own spirit. That's the beautiful work of God. Say, Lord, I can grow in this too. Oh God, I want you to be able to trust me where what you command is what I do and I won't deviate. Not even one degree, Lord, from your plan for my life. Holiness, honesty, humility, and I said, love, God, you can count on me. I embrace that by your grace. I embrace it, Lord. Holiness. Nothing defiling in my life anymore. I won't go after the things of the world anymore. My eyes are trained to only go after what God wants. I, I won't come to a point of crisis like Lot did and lift up my eyes and say, that looks like a good prospect and go the wrong way, to the wrong place. Even though Lot was just, Abraham was just, one made a wrong decision because at the moment of crisis, decision he became carnally motivated and it cost him terribly. Lord, I want to follow Abraham. He was a man of faith. He did not live for money or pleasure. Nothing in this world. In fact, when he could have gained, he said, I'm not taking even a shoestring from you, king. None of you guys. Lest anybody say they made me rich. It's God who is the possessor of heaven and earth. He's the one who's given me all that I have. All glory be to him. How can he say that? Because he divorced himself from the carnal life of the world. He refused to have one foot with God and one foot with the world. He said, Lord, I'm all in. All for Jesus 24-7. Hallelujah. I just want to hear one thing. My father is saying, I'm well pleased with you today. At the end of the day, oh my God, at the end of every day, more than just a motto or a slogan or a sentimental statement, I truly want to hear the God whom I must appear before when I die. Every day, at the end of the day, to say, you did the right thing, my beloved child. You have loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your companions. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Such a person will be on the ready. You know why? Because the Spirit is in tune with God's Spirit day and night. To be ready to get up with not just an obligation in mind, but a zeal and a vigor by the Holy Spirit to say, I'm going to battle right now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's going to be a victory. Because the Lord has called me to fight in His name. Through His name, through His blood, through His stripes, healing will come, oh my God. When we function like that in the confines of our own home, 
in our Jerusalem. Then we will be successful anywhere God sends us. God knows exactly how to train His people. We began with the love, fervent love, unfeigned love for the household of faith. It's only possible if there's what? Ephesians 5.1 Self-sacrifice. Glory be to God. God is teaching more and more as many of you have already embarked on that journey. By the grace of God, He called us out of darkness. He loved us. He blessed us. And He's calling us even closer to Himself. These are the last days. The time is truly short. Can we afford to say, ah, I know I have to get better at obeying God. I don't always hear Him clearly. Maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. How do we know we have another week, another hour? That's where the Lord urged His people. He cried out. He said, Let him who has ears to hear, hear. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. The time to follow the Lord wholeheartedly is right now. Wholeheartedly. To say, I'm done. I'm done. You can, we can put our names in that sentence. Say blank, put your name there. You are done pleasing yourself, period. You're here to please your master, the living Lord Jesus Christ who gave his life so you can live. You are done mixing with people, having fellowship with people who are not committed to Christ truly. Still carnal. When we say mixing, we don't say that we don't minister when God calls us. We don't love them, no. It means that you don't fellowship with them to the point where we delude ourselves thinking, okay, they're, they're good, they're okay, they have some good points, and I think I can learn some things, when obviously they're not surrendered to God. God says, discern. He who walks with the wise will be wise. I prayed that since my teenage years, literally, at least 17 or 18. I said, Lord, give me wisdom, Lord. Give me wisdom. And I, I kept praying. I said, Lord, I went to this church. I heard this program on, t on radio and TV. I, I, I signed up for this organization over the years, past 30 years plus, since a teenager, looking for more because I knew there's a, something called holiness and I'm not seeing it around. There's something called a, <clears throat> an effectual prayer life. <clears throat> where the person is walking uprightly and they have power with God and God is confirming with signs and wonders I wanted that I knew there's something authentic even though the denomination where I went to at the time they didn't believe any of that and then God took me to another place and I kept praying I said Lord I said bring me closer and closer to people who really walk with you Lord and I want to know how to really love you and serve you and overcome the flesh in this world the Lord is so faithful. But you see, a person has to have the desire. We have to say, I'm done with trying to do a balancing act. Thinking in the name of love, I have to mingle here. Mingle. No, in the name of love, God says, if you love me, you'll hate evil. You'll love your own soul to protect it from damage. How many of us know that a little knowledge can be more dangerous than no knowledge? Why? Because the person that has a little knowledge or that which is defective can think they know but there's damage being done. It's better to stay away than to think one knows. Imagine if somebody was a plumber or electrician. They don't really know what they're doing but they know a little bit it can cause a big disaster. It's better for the person to step back and say let someone qualified come. But God says the only people that can combat the devil and his minions, all the powers of hell, are the people who really know their God. The people who are surrendered to God, who say, I can't afford to let my soul get lean. I've got to stay where God wants to grow me, 
from point A to point B with no delay. Hallelujah. How many people would sign up for the army? And pick option B if there was such an option. You can either do two months or six months of basic training where you're given all the tools, everything, you get deployed and you're ready. Or you can take about ten years and take your time, you know, and would that be effective? There's a time schedule, all the more important when it comes to divine things, that God out of His love calls us and we are ready. God is preparing a people that are ready to say, My Father, I want to come to the end of me. You can begin your mighty work in me. Oh, He's begun a work in all of us. We're believers. But just like the baptism of the Holy Spirit, even after we're baptized in the Holy Spirit, it's up to us to stir the flame, start the gift, fan the flame. And so God has a sign-up sheet, if you will, for the world. Who's going to sign up to be my children? Believe in my son. Receive the free gift of eternal life. He has another sign-up sheet after that. Those of you who belong to me, who's going to Wait on me, believing for the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And there's another sign of sheet after that. Who's going to be part of my army that will completely surrender their rights as civilians, come under my tutelage and my training for combat, real combat, real victory, to go and plant the flags in the enemy's territory and take it for Jesus. What kind of consecration does that require? Even more. See, there's a focused call of God as we keep going closer and closer with God. There's a revelation. And it's a far cry from what we see in Christendom today. We've got to settle that in our hearts. If we don't accept that, if we don't care to believe that, what God is saying, then we'll never be what God wants us to be because we'll insist on our version of love and Christian fellowship and not judging people and all of these things the devil puts up to do what? Keep us dull. Keep us impotent. Keep us wandering. Never learning and never coming to the full truth. And to say, Father, you come and change my thinking 180 degrees in any point, oh my God, that you want to do. Because I want to be thinking exactly like you, Lord. To navigate this world, this life, my spiritual walk, to be well-pleasing to you. So that you can call on me anytime, day or night, to pray like Elijah prayed. Great results. Lord, you can call upon me to step up, fight the battle in your name. Lord, to do whatever you want me to do, there'll be no excuses, no whining, no pride. Oh, what a narrow, small, select group God has when those things are put on the table. Many people will do a lot of things for God in the name of God, but often it'll not really require self-sacrifice. Often it'll be what they would like to do. God, these are my skills. This is my skill set. What do you have for me, Lord? Let me come to your buffet and pick and choose what I'd like. That's not an army. That's not a soldier. A soldier comes and says, my rights were left at the door when I signed up. I'm here to serve somebody else. How is it with you and the captain of your salvation? Are you totally yielded to the Lord? As we heard recently, when we say, Lord, how long? How long? How long is it going to take, Lord, till you make me a Moses, a Joshua, an Elijah, a Deborah? How long before I become a Mary that sits at your feet? That can just boldly come in front of all these men, all these people into our home and take out this expensive oil, perfume and just break it pour it upon your feet and wipe your feet with my tears and oh what devotion that's the real thing right there total surrender of self 
at the feet of the Lord Jesus so that he can make us exactly what he wants to beautify us with meekness and readiness to do whatever he calls us to and the question was the other day we said when we say how long Lord God is the one who will say how long you tell me God says I'm ready I've been ready I've been waiting on you will you give up those things that are robbing you from my best think about the time have you ever consulted God about your recreation about all the things we do should we not when we do God will speak to us more there's a vast difference between saying uh, saved check baptized in the Holy Ghost check uh, read the Bible check do my devotions check pray check speak in tongues check do charity work check um, pray for others check just go through it in a rather robotic manner if you will in an obligatory manner in a perfunctory manner just for formality's sake just becoming like that and the Lord loves us so much he may come to us like he did to the church at Ephesus and say I, I like you I love you you're doing some things right but I have this against you you left your first love get back get back or else I have to take action but he said to the one that overcomes I will give that person everything I will give that person access to sit with me on my throne even as I also overcame and am set on my father's throne Blessed be the name of the Lord. A great privilege is we're hearing this message this morning. The Spirit of God says, let me go through your closet. Let me go through your schedule. Let me go through your thought patterns, your attitudes, your reactions, your inmost desires. Let me go through what you really feel and think and let me pour out my spirit to wipe out everything that is not of me so that I can flow through you like a river and become a wellspring of life flowing to other people that everything you do will be effective from heaven's point of view because like Elijah you'll be absolutely surrendered to me many Christians say I, I love that where do I sign up as the Lord said to some of the people who said Lord I'll follow you wherever you go he said listen foxes have holes and the birds of the air have nests but me the son of man I have nowhere to rest my head Lord I'll follow you but first let me go and bury my father let the dead bury the dead you go and follow me Lord I'll follow you but I have some property I have to take care of can you give me just a couple of days Lord I just got married can you hang on maybe I can bring my bride along for the ride it's not that God doesn't want whole families to come but the excuses God's time is a certain time we cannot say Lord let me get this done first then I'll come if we really look at our lives maybe we have done that to the Lord in our heart of hearts I feel uptight frustrated where is that coming from unsurrendered heart we can't cover it up it, it's just there no matter how many books we read how many things we do in the name of Christ the first thing is as God took Paul to the Arabian desert completely immerse ourselves in the living Lord Jesus Christ sit at his feet we have to train ourselves to shut up and sit down and it's exactly 
what Mary did. She shut down. She shut down her activities to sit because she knew the Lord is here. What is more important than listening to the Lord of life? Martha was very upset, we know. She was so frustrated. And she, after all, she was preparing for the king. But God says, no, you got your priorities wrong. Even doing something for me, when I'm speaking, you're supposed to sit down and listen. Take in every word because I'm giving life to you. I'm giving life to you. My words are spirit and life. A restless spirit, a restless heart is a problem. The devil would work through psychologists and even Christian preachers and psychologists and say, you're a type this, you're a type that, you're this person. It's all nonsense when it comes to God saying, sit down and listen. Why? Because God is here. All we have to do is say, Lord, you told me to do something, even though I may feel like I can't do it, I'm going to do it. I'm stepping forward, I'm going to sit myself down, tell myself, shut up and sit down to the flesh. God is speaking, relax, don't run. There are many people that they come hastily to a service and they hastily run out. Unless somebody's sick, unless something else is going on that's valid, we need to know that's a problem. There's a problem within us. We have to deal with that doubt or fear or restlessness or complex or whatever. But to say, Lord, nothing is too important. I want to be in tune with the Holy Spirit. I want to stay a while. The Lord said, three days they've been with me, this vast crowd. They haven't eaten. I'm going to feed them. Did the Lord leave them hanging? No. Did God ever fail anyone that sought Him? Did Moses die when he went up to the mount? They didn't have food or water for 40 days. The Lord is so faithful. It's a question of trust and surrender. Faith and self-sacrifice. And God will use us as trophies. We want to be the royal cup. We cannot, we cannot, we cannot go with the status quo of modern Christianity. We cannot go with the status quo of modern Christianity. It's something different from the biblical Christianity. How do we know? Look at the lives of so many people who say they know Christ. Cursing, drinking, doing all the stuff that the world does and then coming, having praise and worship in the Christian lingo and patting one another and sitting down and having a seminar and opening up somebody else's book and saying, let's learn some points from here. And Isn't that great? Can we have some donuts and bagels and coffee? Yeah, God bless you and God bless you. Get in my cozy vehicle and go home and do what? Watch TV and do other things and back again to play Christian. We're in dangerous times. God is calling us to be alert, to be sober and get with His program while there's time. And it's a delight and a privilege. Their rewards are, as some people say, out of this world, yes, but we experience it in this world too. A full life, an abundant life. A life that is ready to do the Father's will. After all, as we close, this is what the Lord said. In essence, nothing matters except the will of God. We're prone sometimes to think of the will of God in broad terms. Oh yeah, I want to follow God's will. I want to be a missionary, a pastor, a preacher, an evangelist. I want to be a, a, a head of this Christian organization or I want to be a worker over here. What is God's will for my life? Hmm, my career, my calling. You know what the first thing is? To know what the Bible says expressly about the will of God. Such as, the will of God is this, that you abstain from fornication, from sexual immorality. From anything that is defiling, that means TV shows, magazines, people that you hang around with, that they are not holy, you need to shut it down and get away. This is the will of God, that you give what? God thanks in all things. Also, the will of God is clearly revealed expressly when it comes to the terms of walking as a believer. That's my first order of business. Learn what the Bible says expressly about what the will of God is. Go through a concordance and see. Put the word will in there or, or look that up and see where God said, this is my will. This is my commandment. 
this is what I want you to do. Start from there, and then God will show exactly what the calling is. Why would he ever give us a job if he can't trust us with our attitude and basic obedience? But people want to jump that hurdle. They want to go from point A to Z without going through the intermediaries. This is the disease of the age. Would you not agree? Thank God God has called us out of that. Blight. That pestilence, that plague. Everybody's empowered. You can't judge me. I don't judge you. Just agree with me. Let's agree together. With filthy hands, dirty hearts, hearts that are not surrendered. John the Baptist preached this. Jesus preached this. Paul preached this. But today, people don't want to hear that. They want to hear another gospel. God loves you. Yes, it's true. Thank God it's true. He wants to empower you. Wait a minute. Before he can empower you, you've got to wait on him. Before he can wait on him, you've got to have be clean. We need to follow the Bible exactly as it's written. And we need discernment. Even when we go through this devotionals or preaching, we need God's Spirit to show us this is wrong. I don't care how popular this person is or what they've done. This is not holiness. I see little loopholes here and there. Even in the sermon, even in the quips, the jokes and the caveats here and there. That they're actually making it in a way that is palatable. It seems like the real thing, but at the end of it, nobody's really changed. They just feel empowered and they're superficially high for the moment. When we discern these things, we'll say, Lord, I don't want that anymore. I want the real, solid, unadulterated food that you have for me so I can grow spiritual muscles in the allotted time you have for me, Lord. God will receive you. He will bless you. He will strengthen you. He will empower you. He will make you like an Elijah. The love of God constrains me, Paul says. It just comes upon me and moves me to do certain things. Hallelujah. First, is He makes me to desire holiness in my life. Every passion, every pastime, hobby. My whole 24 hours, from God's point of view, ought to be holy. Not one second of unholiness. Don't you know that the unclean will not enter the kingdom of heaven? It says in Ephesians, Corinthians, Galatians. God should look at us and say, there's nothing defiling in you. You're truly my children. First John says that in so many ways. How many people would like to hear that today? Hardly hear it preached. No wonder. You have churches on many corners and big organizations, millions of dollars, maybe billions. The devil's just dragging people in compromise. But we discern that and we say, Lord, give me the pure word, Lord. You know, God will fill our mouths with his heavenly manna when we refuse to take in the devil's counterfeit manna. Only when I spit out and reject that which is false will God see that I'm worthy to get the whole truth and nothing but the truth. As we pray, as we love, let's ask God, Lord, give me more, oh God, give me more of the spirit of prayer. Give me a deeper love for you and for my fellow man, especially my brothers and sisters. Oh God, help me not to be selfish and help me not to have this finicky attitude and Lord, a, a, a self-pitying attitude and a, an attitude of being irritable and oh, how ugly. This is not Jesus. Have we settled for this, Lord? How many people in Christian circles act like carnal people just like the world and they seem fine with it how grieving to the Holy Spirit I don't want to be part of that anymore Lord I want to be one who is free from that one who loves one who will be kind one who will 
forbear, be long-suffering, not take offense, love anyway and show that love and communicate, love communicates, love communicates. I want to be the one to greet people, Lord. I don't want to pick and choose who I'll greet and who I'll be loving to. Oh, that's exactly how the world is. Jesus said, what thank have you if you greet those who greet you? Matthew chapter 5. Don't the sinners do that? What makes you different? Every one of us should say, Lord, I want to be just like you. I want to reach out. I want to love every brother, every sister, fervently, whether I know them or not, humanly. Hallelujah. That oneness is the explosion that will happen from the Holy Spirit. Where people will gather, like in Acts chapter 2, in the streets and say, what's going on there? They'll be supernaturally touched. We will see massive repentance happening. This is the way it happens. Shall we pray? Father in heaven, God of Daniel, Lord who found Daniel innocent, and as Daniel was able to say to the heathen king, because the Lord found me innocent, the angel of the Lord came and shut the mouths of these lions. Oh Lord, I pray that we walk uprightly, full of your love, and Lord, that we do not become complacent or self-congratulatory. Do not recoil from anything that's told us that we need to change. Lord, do not exit in haste because my time is not compatible with God's time. Help us to be like Mary. To say, I'm going to be here as long as the Lord is here. To sit at His feet. To listen. I don't want to miss anything. And Lord, You would say to us, You have wisdom. You have understood. And that chosen part that You've chosen will not be taken away from You. I thank You for the transformation, Lord, that you've done in my life. To make me quiet down like a weaned child. Over the years to just be quiet and listen when I'm supposed to. And not look at my watch, not think about other things when it's God's time. And trust you. That you're giving something more and I don't want to miss any of it. I want every last drop of your grace and your mercy, of your truth. And I thank you, Lord. We have witnessed people in our church who had a mighty transformation. Ones who are so time-conscious, schedule-minded, that they used to be restless when it got a little, quote-unquote, long or the topic or the discussion was not in keeping with their interest. Now they've understood. The Spirit of God will continue to lead us on to see whether we're worthy, whether we have faith that He will give something. And sometimes at the very last portion of a meeting, a service, if something spectacular that your people will not miss because they've learned to go by God's schedule, His timing, not their own. Thank you, Father. What a lesson. What a lesson. I'm so thankful, Lord. You have taken me and disciplined me, taught me, humbled me, and crowned me with your best every time. I've chosen to sit at your feet, leaving everything else into your hands, knowing that you will work everything else out when I put you first. I thank you for doing it for my brothers and sisters, O oh Lord, for the family of God. Lord, as, as there's a clear growth spiritually, when people begin to understand 
what it means when it's God's time. His presence is there. And they come away with riches when they endure, when they revel, delight themselves in the presence of God. And Father, I pray that your personality will take over our personalities. We will not go by world psychology. We'll go by the book, the Word of God. God says to be patient. There's no excuse for not being patient. God says to be humble. There's no excuse for not being humble. Lord, you command us to love. There's no excuse not to love. The love involves sacrifice, as we see in Ephesians 5. Oh my God, help us implicitly to just do what you say. And you'll give us the grace to do more than we ever thought possible. To imitate and copy our Heavenly Father. I thank you, my God. And I thank you for hearing our prayers. Confirm your word with signs and wonders, Father, I pray. In Jesus' name, lift our brothers and sisters out of their burdens, Lord, and the misery and pain. Oh my God, may fruit come more precious than gold. Their faith and fruit, Lord, of souls. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you, Lord.